From the EPR Creation Studio, this is the Unconquered Podcast, bringing you a fairly abbreviated Pittsburgh, Florida State preview. As always, this podcast brought to you by EPR Creations. If you need anything done for any sort of internet-related or marketing stuff, give them a call. They're the best in the business. Information's in the show notes. So let's go ahead and get to it. This is, uh, as was discussed at the end of the last podcast, you could make a case that this is Florida State's most important remaining game simply because of where it sits in the schedule. It's a winnable game, and coming off the bye gives you a chance to establish a little bit of direction and, again, show some proof of concept that you can uh, you can fix some things and, and show that you can manage to get guys to do their jobs, things like that. Uh, that you've had a chance for a week to work on fundamentals, to work on nailing down what you what you want to be good at uh, and establishing that identity both on offense and on defense. You might get a player back, an important player. You got some guys moving around a little bit. There's some chances to potentially be a better team coming out of the bye, and this is kind of your litmus test coming out of the bye. Can they be a better team against a team that, like I said, this is a beatable pit team. So, you know, th- th- this pit team has had their has had their struggles this, this so far this year. They've got strengths, but they also, you know, they're not a team that doesn't have flaws. They've definitely got warts, and that's especially true if starting quarterback Kenny Pickett doesn't end up playing. So Pickett is is a pretty good player. He's not he's not a bad quarterback. He's a good, he's a good player, but their backup Joey Yellen is uh is is a pretty big drop off. So to put this in perspective to give you an indication of where things stand on that front. Pickett who really didn't take any snaps until Thursday of this week and then according to Narduzzi didn't take a bunch on Thursday either. So he's he's questionable for this game. He's a guy that 136 passer rating. That's not bad. That's that's actually pretty good. Eight touchdowns, three interceptions, seven point seven yards per attempt. That's pretty good. You can you can win games with that. Not much of a threat to run, but a you know viable mobile mobile enough to make a play or two when the when the play breaks down to run for a first down or two in a given game. That's you know that's decent. Joey Yellen, their backup, is a freshman, and his passer rating is eighty five. One touchdown, three picks. 5.2 yards per attempt. That's not great. And if you look at if you look at who he did that against, Miami and Notre Dame, you can see a little bit of why that is. I mean, both teams are better than than Florida State, and both teams have, you know, have pretty good defenses. But 47.8 completion percentage against Miami. Yikes. 37% completion percentage against Notre Dame, three picks. That's um, you got to hope that he's the guy that's playing most of the way against Florida State. And the thing is, usually with a guy that 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 throws like that, you're going to expect him to be more of a of a of a runner. He's not really a threat to run with it to to do much with his legs. He's not a threat on the ground. And by by comparison, Jordan Travis passer rating of one twenty three point point oh three. So one twenty three as compared to Kenny Pickett's one thirty six, and you know four touchdowns, four picks in the air. Eight yards per attempt. You can you can do okay with that because Jordan Travis can really can really move, can run. So 
that's what you're basically looking at is a guy that is so far this year has not thrown the ball as well as Travis has and can't run. Now, if he's the guy that's playing at quarterback, I, I really like Florida State's chances. If Yellen is the guy that's playing quarterback for you know the majority of this game, then I, I really like Florida State's chances, even though Florida State has some issues on defense, as we all know. Because Pittsburgh will have to be really one-dimensional. And if you look at their at their offense, they've not run the football all that well either. So, you know, they're averaging Pitt is an offense that that by their structure, they need to run the football reasonably well. They're averaging 2.83 yards per 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 carry on the ground. That's um that's not great. 3.9, just again, by comparison, by way of comparison, 3.9 yards per carry on the ground against Louisville, Florida State against Louisville, common opponent, 6.63 yards per carry. So that that kind of puts it in perspective of what, what you're playing against as the Florida State defense. You're playing against a, a, an offense that has really struggled to run the football and might not really have a whole lot of chances to throw the football well because of the quarterback situation. Now, if Pickett plays then a lot of this changes. If he plays and he and he's effective, if he plays and plays reasonably well, he's a guy that actually has been pretty good at different points. So if you look at his numbers on the year, threw up some pretty good numbers against Boston College, okay numbers, I guess. Uh, his, his best games, North Carolina State, 411 passing yards, 10.5 per attempt and one touchdown. Louisville, Two touchdowns, one pick, 220 passing yards, five yards per attempt. Now, there are a couple things to think about here, though, when you when you break this game down. As you're looking at, Pickett has a chance to, to do some things in terms of being able to uh, to throw the football, but you you really don't have to respect their run game as much as, as say, for example, Louisville. But here's the thing. They beat Louisville with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. They, they, they beat the team that just blew Florida State out. And that happens to be one of the games where they actually ran the football a little better than they have the rest of the year. They averaged 3.9 yards per carry against Louisville, ran 40 times for 156 yards. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to slow this game down. They'll try to possession pass you. They'll try to get you know a big play here or there. But they're not going to score a bunch of points. When you look at the points scored on the season, throwing out the, the opener against Austin P, you've got... 21 points against Syracuse, 23 points against Louisville. Now that's more than Florida State scored against Louisville. 29 against North Carolina State, 30 against Boston College, 19 against Miami, and four or, and three against Notre Dame. So this is not a team that's going to throw up a ton of points. They're going to try to, basically their objective is don't turn the ball over on offense. Try to eke out enough yards on the ground that you can set up some pass plays that hopefully flip the field for you and, you know, continue to, to play to your defense. But the reason that they have three wins on the season, and that's against Austin P Syracuse and Louisville, the reason they open the season three and O is that defense. And despite the fact that they actually don't have the full defensive line that they were slated to have prior to some guys sitting out for the, uh, for the season, they've got, arguably the best defensive line Florida State's played so far. They they can really play up front on defense. And so they can limit you in the running game. They can they can put a lot of pressure on you in the passing game just because they 
they're going to have Florida State's offensive line is going to have their hands full blocking this bunch. This is this is arguably the best defensive line Florida State has played. I think they're better than Miami's defensive line or right with them, basically. And when you look at the rest of Florida State's schedule, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Louisville, Notre Dame's the only other team that has a defensive line in that same discussion. But I, I think Pitt's defensive line is right there with Notre Dame and Miami. So that kind of tells you where you are in this game. I think it boils down to those things. Now, Florida State's going to come into this game, and there are a few things that they can do. But before I go ahead and do that, I'm going to thank my sponsors. Once again, thank you to Luis Marquez and Shenandoah Newsma, both of Keller Williams Realty, one in Jacksonville, Florida. That would be Luis Marquez and Shenandoah Newsma in Carborough, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. If anybody needs any real estate or has any transaction to make in the real estate arena in either of those regions, give them a call. They are the best in the business in their region. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered podcast. All right, so when we look at what Florida State can do on the offensive side against Pittsburgh, the first problem is they're going to be a handful to block. And again, just like Miami was, just like Notre Dame was. That said, when you look at the way that this team has, has handled things up front of late, they've been at least average, especially in the running, in, in the run blocking front. And if they can block like they have, then there'll at least be some plays to be made. This is not going to be a game where I expect a lot of points to be scored on either side. Just because again, Pitt defensively, their defensive line is going to give Florida state's offensive line. They're going to, they're going to give them all they can handle and more. So there's going to be some tackles for loss. There's going to be some some things that are going to end drives. But I think there's going, there are ways that Florida State can scheme up some things in the in the quarterback run game to get some yardage in the run game and to set up some plays downfield. The real place where Florida State has their best shot in this game to really make some make some plays is Pittsburgh runs pretty much almost exclusively quarters coverage. So that's cover four. That's the base. You know, Florida State runs a version of that. They call cover seven, a match read quarters. And Pittsburgh does the same thing. They'll tend to press more with the corners. They, they do it a little bit differently in terms of how they match. But it's basically Harlan Barnett's defense. Same, same kind of thing, but more quarters. And the thing about quarters that Mike Norvell knows, that Narduzzi, who runs that defense, knows, is... You can do a lot against the running running game with quarters because your safeties line up a little closer to the line of scrimmage and they're freer to fit to be a secondary fit in the in the run scheme. Sometimes they're a primary fit in in terms of the run scheme, so they actually have a gap. So you you essentially Narduzzi for years has liked to talk about how they run a nine man front, nine man nine man defensive front on defense. So instead of a you know an eight man front, they're actually running a nine man front because their safeties are so aggressive. He's like, we, we run a nine-man front because depending on what you run, we're going to have two safeties coming downhill to you. Well, that's great, except if you RPO that, if you glance route that and you put a little little post route behind that or a little, uh, it's a, it's more like a halfway between, a, a glance route is halfway between a, a, a slant route and a skinny post. You RPO that and you, you throw that glance route behind one of those safeties who's coming up hard. If that safety comes up just a little too quickly and you throw that glance route, the thing about quarters is usually that outside corner is does not have the leverage to handle the 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 inside breaking route. You're relying on a safety being there. 
And if that safety comes down just a little too quickly, you can tuck that ball right in there. And if your if your receiver is a little better than their corner, that could be a touchdown. So that's something to look for. Is those what look like slants? They're really glance routes, a little deeper slant uh, against the RP on in the RPO game. So it'll be a run call with one of those, and you'll see you'll see some of that stuff in this game. The other thing that you can do against quarters is the old college route, where you have a dig coming across the field. That's going to attract the the corner, attract the safety. You're going to have the safety's going to have to be responsible for it, and then you have a post over the top of that behind the safety. And basically, if the if the safety is going to have to is going to stick on that dig, the little in route in front of him, then he can't support the the corner on the inside deep, and the corner is going to have to be really good because he's out leveraged to the inside of the field. And if that receiver can really run, and that becomes a pretty easy throw for the quarterback. So it's, you know, bombs away. I expect to see Florida State hit probably two, maybe three deep posts in this game. They're going to they're gonna take their shots here. That's something Mike Norvell, if you see deep shots in Norvell's offense, a lot of times, more often than not, it's going to be a deep post. He really likes deep posts. And you're going to see, you, you'll, they'll, they'll run some post-climb stuff as well, which what happens is you'll get the... Uh, this is coming from the opposite side of the field. You get maybe a, a tight end or a slot, a slot receiver that's coming on a climb route that's going to come in front of the safeties and go all the way to the back backside hash, almost to a corner route. And then you're going to have a post route from the other side that's going to threaten the same safety. You put those safeties in a bind. And if the quarter safety on that on the post side takes the climb route, then you throw the post. If the quarter safety stays over top, then that... That uh, that climb route comes clear, and you throw that over the over the linebacker's head. You're going to see those concepts a good bit in this game. The real question is, whenever you're throwing deep like that, you got to be able to protect just long enough for the quarterback to get it out. So expect some of those things to be on little half rolls and a little bit of moving pocket, some things to get uh, to get Jordan Travis a little bit more time. They're, they they don't want to sit in one spot to give the defensive line basically to say our guy's going to be right here come and get him they, they're not going to want to do that they're going to move him around a little bit and give him some chances to, to take those deep shots on those posts on those climbs on those over routes different things like that because of what they uh what they what they are doing defensively so i think that's going to be a big point of emphasis but the big thing is they want to make sure that they don't put themselves in a position to turn the ball over. They're going to, they know that Pitt is not likely to run up and down the field against them like Louisville did. They just don't have the playmakers that Louisville did. And we talked before the Louisville game that Louisville had playmakers where you just got to make sure you're not giving up these huge chunk plays. You got to force them to go down the field slowly because, you know, if you give them a little open space, those guys can really run. Well, they proved that and, and they didn't stop those guys. Pitt doesn't have those guys. For Pitt, it's a matter of basically, can you keep them from just bludgeoning you down the field and you know doing this with a series of uh, a series of short possession passes and basically running for three yards in a cloud of dust? I mean, that's what they've been doing all season. So knowing that that that's what you're playing against on the on the defensive side. This is a game where Norvell is likely to say, you know what, we're not going to take a whole lot of risks. We're going to run the football. We're going to do everything we can not to not to endanger this because punting against punting and giving them the ball 
that's not actually as much of a threat to the defense as a lot of the teams that they've played so far this season. This might be the worst offense they've played. Not, not including Jacksonville State, but maybe including Jacksonville State. I mean, it's certainly worse than the Louisville offense and North Carolina offense, Notre Dame offense, Miami's offense, and Georgia Tech, right, right in the, they're right in there with Georgia Tech in terms of the quality of their offense. So there, there's every reason to think that this game is going to be pretty low scoring. You've got a really good defensive line against Florida State's offensive line and offensive limitations in terms of ability to really do much in the drop back passing game. Again, and then on the other side, you've got a team that doesn't throw it well and also doesn't really run it well, at least with Yellen on the, on, the, on the field. If they do throw it a little bit better, if they do have Pickett on the field, they'll throw it better. And at that point, you've got you've to make sure that you are cognizant that that guy can actually push the ball down the field. But again, none of their wide receivers are guys that really are, none of those guys are really true burners, as I would, as I would call them. I mean, probably your, your, the closest you've got to that would be uh, Shockey Jacques-Louis, who is, you know, got a, he's got a great name, but kid from Fort, Fort Myers, six foot, he can run, but none of them are guys like Tutu Atwell, for example, who you look at and you're like, you got to make sure you've, you, you're worried about that guy in terms of a, of a matchup problem. So all that said, I, I think this game shapes up as a, as a winnable game for Florida State and a game that really they should win. And I think, I, I think the last I checked, the, uh, the, the, the spread was minus one for Florida State. I think that's about right. I think this is a game that's close to a coin flip. And if Yellen plays, I think that tips the balance to Florida State. I, I think you go from a close to a 50-50 situation to a team that even with the struggles that Florida State's had in terms of being disciplined up front and, and in the linebacker area and just in terms of being consistent on the offensive or on the defensive side, this offense is not gonna not gonna kill you for the most part. So I'm gonna go ahead and, and wrap this here. I mean, there's no reason really to belabor this uh this preview a whole lot more. Uh I, I think you know, as I'm projecting this. As I'm projecting this game, I think basically both teams are probably going to wind up in the five point. I think Florida State will probably end up in the five point five to six yards per play range against this defense. If they do that, then they probably win. Uh, but I think it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding. I think there are a couple big plays to be had. I think that's why that that'll wind up being between five and a half and six yards of play. I think there's going to be a couple big deep post routes that they'll probably hit. And that's probably going to be the difference in this game. I think Pitt is going to have trouble going above 5.5 yards of carry, even against Florida State's defense, or 5.5 yards of play, even against Florida State's defense, because of some of the limitations that they've got. So I think this is going to be one of those, you know, it's going to be an ugly game. But obviously Mike Norvell and everybody in the Florida State program is would be more than happy to take an ugly win. <laughs> that the ugly wins right now are welcome in Tallahassee. And so, uh, and I think that's most likely the, that's the most likely outcome in this game. I think if I, if I have to wait this out, I, I'll give Florida State about a 60% chance of winning this game. And that's again, based on Yellen probably being the primary quarterback. If, if Pickett is the primary quarterback and, ha- and is effective for Pitt, then that drops it to about a coin flip. But with Yellen playing, I think I, I like Florida State in this game. 
but I do like it to be a very, very low scoring kind of ugly game. So I'm going to, I'm going to project this game as Florida state 20 Pittsburgh 16. I think it's going to be one of those games where in the modern era, this is not the way that most football is going to going to look, but probably on the lower scoring side, neither team really doing a whole lot, but enough, just a couple big plays that, that are enough to differentiate things for Florida State. Very losable game, also a very winnable game. You're going to see how they, how they look coming out of the bye. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Newsma of Keller Williams Realty in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach and Broward County, and the Unconquered Podcast Shop, which features stickers, magnets, and other Seminole gear. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts, post us on social media, and tell a friend. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. Special thanks to those above the bleach numbers level. That is Keith Cheney, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Andrew Garrett, Brian Leninger, Travis Smith, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. As well as Jonathan Kennedy and Tyler Kashishki. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this. <laughs>